0: Now, this has been a, 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 pretty, a pretty sad week. Uh, uh, we lost somebody who is, you know, quite frankly, massive. Uh, Ian R. Crane. Ian R. Crane passed away this week on Thursday. And, uh, you know, this, this guy uh, is... There, I don't think there's, to me, there's nobody bigger if If you want to call it the alternative media community, whatever you want to call this this movement, this community, um, there's in my mind, there was nobody bigger and more consequential. There's people who are famous who have you know massive YouTube channels and people with websites, and you got the Alex Joneses of the world, and a lot of people who are household names for not always for the right reasons, by the way, let's just say that straight off. Um, Ian, I'll tell you a little bit about Ian R. Crane. Um, Well, he died 64 years old. um, On Thursday, Uh, a lot of people will be aware because they've been, they've seen the videos on UK column and the, the, the special interviews that he did. He's battling cancer for the last two years. And I would say really difficult the last 12 months. And he was, uh, he went in for treatment in February and he got into the system before lockdown. And that was a miracle in itself. I mean, Ian, Ian Crane was not supposed to make it after he went in for surgery uh, in April of 2020 he was not supposed to make it and you know he he discussed this they we we released the phone call between Mike Robinson and uh at the UK Comm and Ian when he was in his hospital bed that was during lockdown last April couldn't have visitors because the hospitals were all locked down because of covid and he was not expecting to come out of that. I think it was on a Saturday night, or yeah, he's not. You know, he was saying, "Well, I might not make it through this surgery." It was a really difficult surgery to remove all sorts of problems, and um, and he made it through. He made it through. It was a, 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 a sort of a miracle that Ian made it through the following day, somehow totally against the odds and totally lucky that he was able to get into the system before lockdown. So basically there was no one else in the hospital. This was when the country was supposedly ravaged by COVID and the hospitals were overrun. He was telling us it was empty because he was on the inside. So he was able to achieve an amazing feat of whistleblowing while he was literally on his deathbed with fighting cancer during lockdown, wasn't supposed to get through that night, but then delivered this amazing phone call beforehand that really opened a lot of people's eyes as to the sort of the, the true nature of the the COVID pandemic uh, as it pertained to the UK anyway. Um, so he was just doing amazing work, even from his hospital bed. I mean, this is the kind of person that Ian Crane is. And so his his card was already punched in April, but he managed to uh, do a whole year of overdrive pretty much. And um, it was a very, very difficult battle. He, he had the fight of his life the last 12 months. There's no doubt about that. He had the fight of his life. But even as difficult as it was for Ian the last 12 months he was still working he was still organizing the av events the alternative view events a very successful uh conference series that had to go virtual really because of the the, the quote pandemic uh really popular really important to, to a lot of people that that is such an important event in terms of the the community aspect of it um he was working the whole time. You know. As, as long as he was compass mentis, he was active in, in some way or another. I mean, his career, there's a lot of people that are pundits. And Ian had, he, he produced a lot of amazing media. I first met him uh, when he was doing Edge, Edge Media, Edge TV at a show called On the Edge, On Edge Media. Uh, Alex G as well uh, also hosted a, that show or... Uh, Ian had a, had programs on that that network. It was on Sky. It was on the Sky Satellite Network. I did a few programs uh, for that that network too. That was amazing. Um, that channel, and uh, then probably doing the Alternative View conferences for really around 12 years or so, a little bit longer, and it just built up to be incredibly successful. I mean, really amazing. Uh, a great success story. And he gave platforms to so many speakers and uh, really gave, helped so many different uh, people, like even myself and many others. He gave us a platform to present to an audience. And, uh, you know, in a really challenging, <laughs> challenging topics. I mean, uh, some of the stuff's pretty far out there, obviously, but, you know, it's an open forum, really. That that Ian believed in, and uh, some fantastic people have been able to present on that platform. And but there's something else, you know. He wasn't just a conference organizer, Ian. He wasn't just a pundit. He didn't just have his YouTube channel. Uh, in the media, occasionally, sometimes hit pieces against him by the BBC or whoever was trying to set him up um ian in 2013 i did one of his events and i think it was in in london in covent garden spoke at it about propaganda and what was going on in syria at the time and uh and i remember he's saying to me I was, I, he said we we're backstage or it was after the event and he was telling me what he was doing and he says i've uh he says, I've mortgaged the farm. <laughs> he doesn't own a farm, but he was a figure of speech. He said, I've mortgaged the farm. I'm, I've booked. I don't know how many dates he's booked. He was doing a tour of the UK. He booked hotels and, and speaking rooms and community centers, whatever he could book. And he had a whole tour organized for, I don't know how long it was, six months. Maybe it turned out to be 12 months. That was in 2013. And he, because he knew, Ian knew, that they were going to start fracking in the UK. He knew, he was very tuned into this area because he himself was a former uh, consultant and executive consultant for uh, Slumberger Oil Services Company. They're like Halliburton, one of the biggest in the world. French, I believe. Uh, He worked for some other firms as well. This was in the 90s. He was in... uh, he was in the Middle East during the first Gulf War. He knew all about the oil oil rigs um, and uh, wells being set on fire along the Kuwaiti-Iraqi border. So I think that's when he had his awakening, was during the first Gulf War, seeing what was going on behind the scenes and realizing that it wasn't what was being reported in the media. And it's a story that so so, so many of us know so well who do this work. That the The moment when the light bulb goes on and all is not well in Kansas... And I guess Ian had that moment very early, and it took him a while to transition out of his career and doing, you know, alternative media and research and presenting full time. Not the most lucrative career move, as many people can attest to. But uh, but yeah, in 2013, he says, "I'm, I'm I've, I've mortgaged the farm. I'm doing this tour." I'm going to go to every single city and community I can in this country and let them know and bring people in. I don't care if there's two people there or if there's 100 that show up. I'm going to tell them what's about to happen and how dangerous this is. He understands the fracking technology as well as anybody because he was in the oil drilling business. Okay. So Ian knows the the, the energy sector as, as good as anybody. And so he was just uniquely placed to understand about the toxic chemical compounds that are used in fracking fluid and the damage it does when the wells rupture and gets into the groundwater. And we saw this in Pennsylvania, in different places, Oklahoma, in the US, and of course, Australia. And so Australia is where Ian uh, had really seen the, the rapid and devastating effects of some of these fracking firms. I mean, real cowboy outfits, uh, and really not n- not safe at all. And you know, incredibly, I mean, imagine fresh water. If you lose fresh water, access to fresh water, well water in some communities. I mean, that's it. You you can't have a functioning community. You can't live there. No one can work there. It's it it, it becomes a ghost town. There's a lot of places in America like this. They're ghost towns for various reasons. There's contamination, whether it's radioactive or from fracking or from other other industry, heavy industries. I mean, it just kind of destroys the community. So he produced a film called Voices from the Gas Fields. And this is up at 21st Century Wire. We've posted it today. That's a documentary film. It's one hour long. It's a, a brilliant documentary film that Ian worked incredibly hard on. And uh, he, the results are amazing. I mean, he he made one of the best fracking documentaries that there is. And it's raw, it's real. A lot of it's based in Australia. Uh, it's stunning. And uh, yeah, that's up on our, our website uh, right now. And um, so so Ian, he did and it worked. the The movement grew. It was decentralized. They had no leader. Uh, groups started autonomously popping up all over the country, anti-fracking groups. The left, even the climate change people you know the, there was a clash between the climate changers, the sort of the Greta crowd before Greta was around and uh, and and the more kind of you know people who were just uh, it was an interesting big tent that 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 formed because everybody had a single understanding of of what was going on and knew that it was in a small country like Britain, this could devastate some uh, pristine communities potentially. And some of the firms behind it are not great corporations. I mean, really, really shady to say the least. So Ian R. Crane, and he, 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 he could have easily retired in a nice village house. Instead, he literally gave his life to to fight f- for the people on issues that were that he believed were of paramount importance, he campaigned against five G uh, when it was when w- during the initial rollout. Of course, fracking for years, so he he could have had a, a nice easy retirement, but he didn't. He literally gave his life. Lived in a, a trailer on fracking camping sites. You know, the, the kind of sites that are the camps that they put so that the trucks can't get in, protest camps in the middle of nowhere, with like eight or twenty or twenty people, with campfires, no electricity for months in the winter, you name it, being beaten by the police the whole lot. Okay. In Manchester and in, in New Yorkshire, in Lancashire, all over the country. He was there. He 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 literally single handedly built a large part. Some say he started the anti-fracking movement in the UK that then spread to Europe, okay? Because people saw the success they had. So with no money and just sweat and a lot of passion and a lot of self-sacrifice, Ian Crane took on the richest man in Britain, Jim Ratcliffe, CEO of Ineos Energy. And they sued the hell out of Ian And everybody who protested and he went in, defended himself, and of course, playing the part of his own barrister, had some legal help, but became a legal expert through all these court battles. And guess what? That fight started in 2013, 2014. And by 2019, David beat Goliath. David beat Goliath. Ian took on the richest man, most powerful guy in Britain, and he won. They didn't get their drill bits into the ground. They stopped them. Ian and a bunch of other, a committed ragtag band of the Rebel Alliance literally defeated the empire. They did it. They worked hard, they sacrificed everything. People lost a lot. I, I met some of the people at the protest camp over the years. They lost their health, they lost their lives, their livelihood, their families. Some of them. They won. That's what it takes. Sometimes, that's what it takes, and uh, that sets that's that sets Ian Crane apart from a lot of people, if not most people, is he really put his money where his mouth is. And he had the ability, he had the knowledge, the talent, the intellect to, to go in and know where to go and to, to attack the empire, know where to put his torpedo there and know that he knew the point to hit. And uh, so he really used his experience and his, his, his abilities. And he, you know, he campaigned on a lot of other things. He championed David Noakes and Lynn Thayer, who were working to help cancer sufferers who've been persecuted by the pharmaceutical industry, who were basically using the government as their stooges, and who've locked them up. and uh, helped to defend them in court and organized support, campaigning for them. I think they're still in double jeopardy in a French prison right now, after already been processed by the British. Uh, system. I mean, unbelievably corrupt example of injustice right there. Uh, David Noakes and then Thayer. He he championed them too. And so there's a lot of people that Ian went to bat for. And um, yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. So well, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot to be said. Had, he 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 made a few live streams. Ian made a few live streams, and he was not, you know, physically that well. But he 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 did a few uh, in the last year. And so, I mean, you could, if I had time to go through all of his videos that he's done, he he had a show called Humanity Versus Insanity. He had the Crane Report. He had Fracking Nightmare, which is a show just to get, just for fracking that educated so many people on the issue. I mean, and so he's, he was literally out in the fields and then driving back to go in the studio every two weeks to knock out these shows, and then he's back on the camp. You know, the, the level of commitment and determination is just uh, superhuman, some might say. Some might say. And, but that's what it takes, if you want to win, if you want to beat the empire, you know, you got to put in, you got to put in a serious effort, um, and uh, and he did. But he he did this one live stream. I just picked out this one clip because I mean, if if we have time to put a real highlight film together, I mean, so so many things he said is so prescient, but I thought this was important. And there's another message on our YouTube channel at 21st Century Wire. That's over Christmas when he uh, gave a statement uh, to the UK column during our Christmas broadcast. That's that's worth listening to if you can go up and uh, check out our YouTube channel. Go back to Christmas, just a, just a couple months ago. You'll see Ian Crane's picture, but this was from a live stream he did in, in July. I think it was on July 12th, and and you know he was struggling. Uh, but still doing he was still doing stuff when most people would be in hospice care, quite frankly, he was still still out fighting. but uh, but what he says, I think, is a very positive message. And this was typical of Ian very, very much a, a visionary, a big picture guy. seeing the big picture, the big themes, the big movements, the procession of 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 what human affairs are. Moving forward in history, that's where Ian was most of the time in terms of where his head was and in terms of the, his mission. He was always talking to that point, always. If you, you go to his events and hear his, his addresses, listen to his videos, he always expands into a big picture. Um, and so he's talking about the next generation in this clip. We'll go ahead and roll this. Um, I thought it was... I thought it was a fitting because it's one of the last public kind of live streams he's done and uh, uh, of his life and but I think it's a really short but it's a short clip but a really important message. We'll we'll go ahead and place Ian R. Crane uh, on his live stream here from uh, July 12th 2020.
1: But it's also wonderful to see so many other new commentators and especially so many young commentators you know the, the ultimate target here in the short term yes is the elderly and um you know obviously the, the global corporatists are desperately trying to uh, um give us a one-way ticket to you know the the next great adventure but those who are going to suffer the most in the longer term are of course those who are only now, in their teens, pre-teens, and, uh, you know, maybe looking to start a career. And the likelihood is that for many, many millions of those, the only career they have to look forward to is universal credit. We need a miracle. Collectively, we have the capacity to provide that miracle because collectively, there is enormous creativity amongst us and that is what the establishment is desperately trying to shut down so i ain't giving up by any stretch of the imagination it's a little more difficult for me than it was um a few months ago but uh i shall keep doing what i need to do to stay in the fray and encouraging people to do their own research and then sharing it as widely as they possibly can So thanks again, and thanks again for all those who have uh, dug deep uh, to contribute and donate to my crowdfund. And um, my live streams are going to be a bit random, but uh, I will absolutely, God willing, be back with you next weekend at the very latest. You take care now.
0: Yes, that's Ian R. Crane. Ian R. Crane passed away this week. Uh, He's an inspiration to so many. He educated so many. Uh, He informed so many. And uh, he inspired so many. Um, Over the last 20 years, you know, fantastic, wonderful family. Uh, His kids and um, his uh, partners and everything that uh, are really nice people. So, you know, our, our, our heart and prayers go out to all them. And, of course, to Ian, uh, he's uh, he's going to be very, very much missed by a lot of people, a lot of people going forward. And uh, But, you know, his what what you do in life echoes in eternity. And that's certainly true for, for Ian R. Crane. And it will continue to be so, no doubt about that. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Well, check out his uh, his documentary film. Stunning, stunning documentary uh, up on 21 com. Totally independent, self-funded, brilliant piece of documentary film. It's just one of the many things, and I think you get an idea of the quality of of what Ian did in terms of his work and his output. But uh, he was definitely boots on the ground. He, would, he didn't just talk the talk, he was walking the walk. As well, and right up until the very end of uh, of his time in this phase of the existence, um, we'll miss him. We'll miss him very much.